Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back once again with another episode of What's up, y'all? You got Renee, Loki Geek here with my buddy Blake the Wolf. What's going on, dude? How's it going, man? Good, good, good. I'm I'm excited. Well, I'm always excited every time we do these episodes, but I feel like this is going to be an interesting one because uh, for you guys uh, and gals watching, we are going to go through a ranking of all the streaming platforms, at least the ones that are more prominent and what probably most of you have dabbled in or currently subscribed to because there's been a lot of talk in the news about Netflix, you know, losing subscribers and all that stuff like that. And you have HBO Max that gained a whole bunch of subscribers, you know, in the last several months. So I think now is a better time than ever to go through them and kind of, you know, talk about our experiences with each and give like a master ranking of what we think is your best bang for your buck. Uh, of course, everyone's list is going to be different because everyone has their own personal taste and what they love to watch and all that. So do take this list, you know, with a little bit of grain of salt because it may be different from yours. But I think it was just be a good way to talk it out and see, do we really need like a Hulu subscription? Do we really need like a Peacock subscription and all that stuff like that? So uh, as always, whatever we talk about, it'll be great to hear what you think and what your personal opinions are. So as always, leave your thoughts in the comments. And if you're brand new to uh, the channel and watching this video, welcome. Uh, show your love. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like. Punch it. You know, Tickle it, dabble on it, whatever, dribble on it, you know, do something to it. Uh, it's only going to take you a quick second, and it helps us uh, spread the word on this great show. Uh, for audio listeners, again, podcast platforms of your choosing, look for the Low Key Geek channel there, and you can find this episode and others uh, available to download. So let us, I think one of the good things we could start off with right now, Blake, and you could tell me if I'm wrong. Um, let's talk about the ones we're not going to be like going so deep into, like, cause there's a lot of like niche platforms out there. Um, but I think it's worth mentioning some because, uh, for a lot of people, they may have the exact needs that they're looking for. And I know you have some in mind. So what are some of those niche platforms that you personally like? I know we're covering the major ones today, the Netflixes, the Hulus, the Apple Pluses, the more niche ones that I use more often than a, a, even a bunch of those is Criterion has their app and TCM is a big fave of mine. Those are good ones if I'm, if for Criterion, if I'm wanting something that is high art, international uh, cinema, great indie art house films that are curated by a company with a reputation like Criterion. I think any cinephile film lover already knows about that and might already yeah. have that. So we're not kind of putting it in the rest of the other category. It doesn't belong with the other ones who are doing more of a general, you know, all of the movies are, are up for their, them trying to add it to their library. 
Uh, the other one is TCM. TCM's an old favorite of mine. I remember growing up watching black and white movies with my mom on Saturdays on our local uh, PBS channel. Mm-hmm. And that hits a sweet spot for me. It's like right. Saturday morning. Um, I, I'm tired. I'm hungover. I want just some comfort food and put something on that's an old black and white movie. If you have a date coming over, don't Netflix and chill. TCM and chill. Trust me, it's the best move every time. The, it's got a lot of the old classics, a lot of the old black and white, some stuff from the 1920s, 30s, 40s era. Mm-hmm. And it also, uh, I'm surprised, I've seen it have more recent stuff more often. So there's ones uh, where I am surprised that it's on TCM. It doesn't necessarily fit that old old uh, black and white movie vibe. But yeah. there are a bunch of great movies. And if you feel like I want to get caught up on cinema or I want to put on some comfort food, that's that's my favorite one for that. Yeah, no, those are two. Yeah, uh, for sure. Like, uh, obviously, Criterion is another favorite of mine for for sure, because I I just love the the curated, uh, you know, movie selection that they have there. Um, A lot of great classics, you know, some uh, new, you know, recent stuff. It's just a lot of the movies that I fell in love with as like a lover of movies, they have there. And it's just really, really great to see. Um, since I do dabble in anime every now and then, uh, Crunchyroll is a great one, you know, but again, it's so niche. If you are into anime, then that is uh, probably something you subscribe to already, uh, cause it's definitely one of the premier apps for that. Um, and then, you know, I don't currently subscribe to it now, but I think, uh, a platform like Shudder, like for the horror fan, you know, fans and all that, like that's a great place to go to for stuff like that. And um, the platform Mubi, M-U-B-I, that's another one that's really like honed in on like the indie scene. So there's a lot of indie movies there, some international flavor in there as well. Um, Again, it's so niche that not a lot of people would probably look into these platforms to subscribe to on a regular basis. But if you happen to have a chance to get maybe a free trial or something like that, you could definitely check it out and they might have some stuff for you there. So... Uh, so yeah, good stuff there. Uh, but yeah, let's dive into, I think the best one to dive into, let's just go for the beast right now and let's talk about Netflix, right? So Netflix, once upon a time used to be the service you would subscribe to where they would send you DVDs in the mail. And I remember jumping on that train, like probably a year after it was first introduced and I've been a member ever since. Um, obviously they made the transition to digital um, and in all the years now it's like it feels like they've gone away from being the platform to curate a lot of movies that maybe you've missed out on in the theaters and all that into more of their own programming right they have a lot of their own Netflix specific programming um, whether it's documentaries, docu-series, uh, reality shows, you know, cooking shows, you name it, they, they have it. Uh, it's also a prime destination if you're into Korean dramas. Like, it's a huge Korean drama section. And I know a lot of people have Netflix because of that. Uh, they do offer also, you know, good cartoons for kids. Uh, they do have like a pretty decent, robust uh, anime section too for anime lovers. They just basically wanted to cater to everybody. Um, and I think that may be an issue with them right now. It's because there's too much content 
to really watch in this one platform that most of the time you don't know what the hell you want to watch when you're on this platform, you know. And I think that's one of the reasons why they invented the shuffle feature. For those people who can't make up their mind, they'll just hit shuffle and based off of your viewing uh, history, they'll throw something up there and then hopefully that'll be something you'll be into, right? So... Um, as far as prices are concerned, I think Netflix is definitely also on probably the higher tiered level of pricing, um, but depending on what you're going to use it for, right? Obviously, most of these uh, platforms have their standard basic tiers. Um, Netflix has one for $9.99, um, and then it goes on into a standard tier, which is $15.49. Uh, which allows up to two screens you could watch. So, like, if you have somebody that you're sharing the plan with, then that's great for them. And then their premium, which is kind of like their quote-unquote family plan, is 20 bucks, right? Nineteen ninety-nine and all that. And then that, of course, will come with HD av- availability and all this kind of stuff like that. So, um, and these prices have gone up recently. And one of the things uh, to keep in mind, too, is that Netflix is one of the uh, platforms that they do have uh, a reoccurring up- uptick in pricing uh, with their tiers, um, something that a lot of platforms, other platforms do not. But as time goes on and more people are streaming online, I'm sure that's eventually going to change. Uh, so uh, what are your thoughts about Netflix, Blake, and how does it work for you? I think I have the longest relationship with Netflix out of any of these. I didn't have cable growing up. So like even HBO wasn't part of my life. And then um, college hits and that's around when Netflix is is starting to take off in the, the mailer world. So I remember I'm it's my second year of college and I'm getting Netflix DVDs in the mail. Netflix, if I owe you any DVDs, let's just, can we call it a day? I'm sorry, I, they're in my apartment somewhere. They're in a box, I don't know, my same, bad. Same. Yep, I have t- I have two somewhere I know for fact. Obviously, <laughs> those will be worth something just for the packaging. Um, this is also when we're competing with Redbox days, which I haven't thought about Redbox until this episode. I was like, oh right, when mm-hmm. I used to go to the pharmacy, print movies, and this is obviously, especially for our, any younger viewers, this is like blockbusters starting to decline. But 2006, 2010, it was a bit of a wild west situation. What I remember is. Well, I'm going to say it's 2008, 2009-ish. Netflix is offering streaming for the first time. It, I, maybe technically they had it a little before. I don't know. Yeah. The first time at college. And it was maybe off memory, something like 50 movies, 100 movies that you could stream. And with was an issue. Um, mm-hmm. And the quality of movies was, for the most part, absolute garbage. It was right. like... What were the movies that no one wanted the rights to that they'd let them lapse or something like yep. that? It was mm-hmm. C-list, pulpy, D-minus, weird crap. And you would still find yourself watching it. And I think that almost would be like their trial balloon where they're like, oh, people would rather watch anything from the comfort of their home than even go to Blockbuster or the Redbox or the Netflix kiosk back when that existed. Or I used to get movies from the library. Like... We're talking about a totally different world back when a li- the, the library, when we're comparing streamers libraries, there was actually at the public library, when that was the best option for a while for where right. to get random movies uh, other than Blockbuster. So Netflix is the one where I, that's going to be the first streamer that I ever properly enjoyed in that way. And then in, in not too long, we're doing Hulu and I'm doing live TV or current TV shows on Hulu. 
That feels, I don't know what the timeline is on those, but those are back to back. We'll get to Hulu in a second. Mm-hmm. I've had Netflix for a, as a subscription for almost that entire time. And yeah. as their prices increased, I know that every time a price increases on any service, people freak out. That's it. This is the last time. You're not going to get one more dollar out of me. But then I, I, I think the value is there. Like you're saying, their problem is that their library is too big. That's a pretty sweet problem to have. Sure. When we're talking about like the user interface, some of these, it's, it's interesting because when you have that big of a library, what do you do? And the shuffle is one option. I personally am never going to click a shuffle button. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I, I want someone else curating something for me, not just a random, to, I, I don't like that at all. Um, and we've also seen Netflix go from original content and the House of Cards era to them trying to win an Oscar every year and being in the runnings. And then this being their closest year where they were the favorites up until the week before when Apple Plus, which we'll get to maybe a little lower on the list, when they yeah. come in and steal it from them. But I've heard they might try to get out of that game entirely because uh, it's just, I don't know what the payoff is. Mm-hmm. My, my other understanding is, among their executives, you have people who are true film lovers who enjoy the art of movies, and that's it's more of a passion project than maybe uh, just ones and zeros, bottom line stuff. So right. I use Netflix pretty frequently. Um, I It's not my number one, which I'm sure we'll get to soon. It's it's mm-hmm. maybe like a two or a three. It's more, it's often the one I'll throw on when you've got a group of people. And when we're talking about the UI, the issue with Netflix had been before the one where if you want to kill two hours going through a library, trying to figure out what to watch and then not watching anything because, oh, no, now it's bedtime. That Mm -hmm. was like the first place that did that properly, where I there were like entire evenings I spent. At one point, I had a few hundred movies on my queue and I got through very few of them because more things kept popping up. And there's also the thing where month what's leaving netflix what are they adding and i would watch that and just to make sure i didn't lose something before it was gone but there's Mm -hmm. so much and now not only netflix has so much there's so many streamers who have so much you almost like it's just sand through your fingers at the end of the day Uh, but netflix um i know we ranked these on ui um selection and value and netflix is among the highest ranked on all three categories i think it's my number two choice overall Cool. Yeah. I think for me, my own personal ranking for this is um, probably three uh, right now. Uh, I used to watch Netflix a whole lot more, um, but that was obviously before all of these other platforms were introduced. And now my time is spread like all over the place. Right. But I do still love Stranger Things. So Netflix is always going to be part of my subscription. I do like Ozark, which is ending now. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. So I have Netflix because of that. Plus, I do like documentaries. And I do feel like Netflix has become the go-to, especially for like true crime documentaries. Like They have a new one almost every week. Um, so I, I do like Netflix for that. Netflix has also tried a lot of innovative things to engage viewers. Like they have those interactive shows now that you could like interact with. It's almost like a choose your own adventure, which I do find fascinating. I, and I do think it's a lot of fun. And Netflix has also gone into gaming. So if you have the app on your mobile phone, they do have let you access uh, some games that they've kind of produced themselves. Uh, right now, the selection isn't huge, but who knows? Maybe in time, that's going to grow. 
I think the only problem with Netflix right now is that they've always been in debt and they've always thrown tons of money at uh, names and movies. You know, they have um, uh, exclusivity with Dave Chappelle and, you know, then they have like directors like Scorsese who did The Irishman just for Netflix and other kind of like well-known Hollywood directors and, and actors and actresses. So it's always interesting to see what's going to come next. But not all of them are always home runs either, you know, and that's a problem. So I think now with their subscriber base dropping and, you know, basically they're bleeding money, we are going to see them cut back on some of that. And maybe they'll cut, you know, shows that you were a huge fan of, but they just can't afford to move on with it anymore. Or like you said, stop the whole oscar push and you know just really focus on what is going to be the best content for them moving forward you know so uh it is really interesting to just see how they how far they've come this whole time um but i i do feel like netflix will always be part of my subscription rotation just because i do find things that i do end up watching on netflix even though it may not be my go-to platform each time yeah for sure they they do the things my understanding which they're private with a lot of their numbers like on how many people watch something yeah i know that whenever supposedly that the movies like ever the new the rock and ryan reynolds ones are just any of those are just apparently like the most watched things in the history of eyeballs mm-hmm. and that is interesting and i'm i'm kind of concerned that they say well, we wanted to be a prestige venue, great film directors. We have like Noah Baumbach releasing their movie on there or Roma a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, hey, Oscar worthy directors, we'll give you a blank check that no other studio will give you. Do whatever you want. You get final cut. And they had that deal. I'm a little concerned that we go away from that. But yeah. Netflix does a good job of if you want a binge worthy TV series, I think of them as like one of the original binge streaming platforms. Um, yeah. And then if you want the art house thing, they have those in the library that they've been investing in or purchased. If you, they have, uh, they have some anime. So it's almost like if you wanted to give money to another streamer, they're going to find a reason for why you could also stay with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they do all of those things well enough. I'm curious what the future holds for sure. No, definitely. And, um, you know, one last thought about like for me personally, when it comes to UI, I think my only biggest complaint is the them playing trailers to something that you're just hovering over each time instead of like being allowing me just to go through a list. It's like trailer, trailer. And sometimes it's not even a trailer. Sometimes it's just a a a snippet from the show or the movie. I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. I don't want to see this yet. You know, it's it's so that that's one thing that I'm surprised they haven't found a way to turn that off unless I'm missing it. Because like the way I watch Netflix is, is you have to pay more money for it, right? <laughs> no, it's follow the it's follow the money. It's that they're literally trying to keep your eyeballs on their service. Right, right. Don't want no, to that, give you that, that option. And it, yeah. you're right. Sometimes it gets me. For the most part, I'm resentful. I'm like, nah, not today. I kind of <laughs> wanted to watch that. Now I'm not going to take that. Right. I'm certain that when people leave their TV on and it keeps doing that. That's yeah. got to work. If people are hitting shuffle, it'll definitely do the, if you like this, you'll also like. There's plenty of people where that's working for sure. I'm sure yeah. that's why they're doing it. 
Yeah, and I, and I'm also curious as to again how are they going to sort like uh, sort out their subscriber base and the fall off. Um, you know, I think one thing that a lot of other platforms are doing is that when it comes to their exclusive shows, they're doing more of a week to week release instead of releasing all episodes at once, right? Because again, if you like Stranger Things, right, and you just want to watch Stranger Things and then that's it. What's to stop you from subscribing for one month, watch it all in one shot, and then cancel your subscription and get the hell out, right? So it's like, will they adapt to a better model for themselves? I think personally they probably should because, you know, that's the only way you can guarantee people to at least stick around for two months or three months, right? Um, But we'll see. But like you said, they were the ones that kind of came up with the whole binge uh, phenomenon um, and I feel like there's a lot of people especially the younger generation who prefers it that way so it's going to be definitely interesting to see the next couple of years how Netflix is going to pan out for sure so I think the next big dog in uh, in the house right now um, and it's it's definitely one of the newer ones is HBO Max. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, if you are a cable subscriber or all that kind of stuff like that, you are very familiar with HBO Home Box Office, as they used to call it back in the day, right? Um, and you know, the great thing about HBO is that they've always had a good selection of movies to choose from, and their TV shows are actually very top-notch like high-level stuff you know your game of thrones your sex in the cities all that stuff like that you know huge fan bases for anything and each time they put a show out there usually it becomes the talk of the week or the talk of the month or the talk of the year you know it's it's always going to be that way when they teamed up with warner brothers um you know they were able to come up with hbo max and now you have access to a robust warner brothers catalog all the DC properties that if you're a fan of, you could easily find it through there. They have partnerships with a Studio Ghibli. So if you love like those movies that they put out, you have access to that. TCM, they also have like a limited partnership with those guys. So if you didn't want to pay for TCM separately, at least you do have a small curated selection that you could watch those movies on HBO. Um, I believe it's one of the few that you could find all the Godzilla movies right now uh you know like like the classic godzilla movies so if you're a big fan of godzilla monster movies that's like a great place to go to for that and if you are a huge fan of cartoon network i think all the cartoon network programs are available in hbo max right now and lastly again for the kids it's now the home of sesame street so if you want your sesame street fixed for your kids that's the only platform you can go uh you know, on and watch that stuff, which is unfortunate because I always hoped and, and thought that Sesame Street was supposed to be easily accessible for everyone and not having to have to pay for it. So that's that's really a bummer there. But as far as pricing is concerned, um, you know, they have their tier uh, with ads uh, for $10 a month. And then if you want ad free and an ad free experience plus 4K and you know and HD, you pay 14.99 a month. Um, 
cool thing is that they do allow you to pay for the whole year which has some added you know discount like so for with ads you could pay 100 bucks you save 16 percent there uh if you wanted to go ad free you could pay 150 and that's also a 16 percent discount and again these we're only covering stuff um in u.s terms so it may be very different for you know international viewers and all that um you'll have your own uh tiers and and names of platforms so definitely be mindful of that but uh blake for you like hbo max how does that work for you uh, hbo max is the main one that i use uh hbo max is the one i if i'm it, so it, i'm curious when i use one versus the other and sometimes i'll just kind mm -hmm. of it'll be more random of whatever's already on but i know when i'm by myself and i say i want to watch quality content i'm clicking on hbo max and going through the library or checking my watch list uh, as far as TV, sh TV shows go and original content, it's top notch. It's great stuff. Yeah. They're like the, the origins of prestige, golden age TV, of mm -hmm. Sopranos type of stuff. Yeah. Um, they're Game of Thrones. That They're really good at it, the amount of HBO TV shows that I've enjoyed and loved uh, has to beat out any other service that I can think of. Um, a lot of places have the one-offs like Admin and Breaking Bad. Congratulations, you got two great shows. It, pound for pound, HBO is untouchable in that way. Yeah. Plus, they, their library and their film library is pretty solid. They have mm -hmm. a lot of random things and kind of, I, I get the Netflix vibe from them a little bit of, oh, I could just go through and there's a lot of things that I would never watch or I'm half interested in. It doesn't feel as watered down as Netflix does either. I think it was kind of, I, I don't know what HBO's reputation was before my lifetime, uh, like 80s, 90s, 2000s mm. era, but I've always mm. thought of them as kind of like a criterion type of thing where they're curating and saying, oh, if you want to watch a good movie, we'll put it on for you. And they've kind of kept that same spirit today, even when it's not their original content. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mainly think of them for. And then, right, you mentioned they, they have... Uh, they have some TCM and Criterion type of movies on their channel now. That makes all the difference in the world. That's where it really puts them over the edge for me. So I can watch the show I'm currently obsessed with is Winning Time. I can yes. watch a favorite of the last few years, Barry, uh, on yeah. on any given weekend. Those are for me. Those are appointment viewing. When it drops, I I go as soon as possible to HBO that night. Mm -hmm. uh, but on top of that, they have a lot of those favorites that I'm interested in watching of great high quality cinema um yeah the, what i think is worth mentioning on their selection which is where i have them top ranked hands down i i went through my my letterboxd like wolf ssn at letterboxd follow me there uh we talk about it every episode but on my letterboxd i have five i have a watch list with about 500 movies and a list of my 150 favorite movies the amount of those that Netflix has on its platform blows all of the others out of the water. And it's not because mm -hmm. I built it off of scrolling through HBO or anything like that. They literally yeah. have three times more of movies on my watch list than the next closest one, which is Netflix. They have 75, Netflix has 27. There's other of the services we'll go to that have one or 10 or something like that. So that's, it makes sense why it's my favorite and maybe it's more geared towards me and not the average viewer. But I, I believe in their library more. Plus, they have so many different 
things that they offer. Um, so that's why they're a big favorite for me on on the selection. Of my 150 favorite movies, they have 20 of them. The next closest one is 12. Uh, right. To me, their selection is the best. And when I and I also really like their UI. When I'm going through, it's they're they're one where it's easy for me to just click through and find something. I think it might be the most frictionless one where the amount of times I have to click before I find something I want to watch, they have that for sure. Maybe it's just because they're not as watered down as Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Like UI wise, I do find them to be one of the easier platforms to you to use. Um, and, you know, as far as like my history with HBO, I, I could tell you how it was in the 80s. I mean, basically, you had a box in back of your TV that you would switch on. And basically that gave you access to HBO on like channel three or, or something like that. And wait, you wait, had... wait, 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 they had their own hardware. Yeah. So basically you had to pay someone to come and wire you in and they would install this switch box in the back of your TV. And every time you wanted to access HBO, you would go to whatever default channel. Usually it's like channel three and you would switch on this box and then boom, now you have access to HBO. That, that isn't like a dish service where now you have access to other things and HBO is on there. It right. was literally an HBO device. So the sound, the yep. sound, <laughs> that like the sound it made like back in dial up days or something. I don't know. Not even. It, it was, it was like, like imagine, an, uh, like imagine like when you had, you know, uh, a, a Nintendo back in the day, yeah. you know, and you would hook it up like with the, all the weird wires in the back and you would turn to channel three and then you'll turn on your Nintendo and it'll just pop up. That's basically how HBO worked. It worked basically the same way. You know, it's just, you had a switch that would just switch on and now there's HBO on channel three. With um, live TV, there's no, you don't get to adjust anything. It's not like, oh, now you have access to a VCR's worth of movies. It's just yeah. a box that gives you access to the, the, the satellite in the sky or whatever. Yeah, basically. Wow. Yeah, and then they had, obviously, they had their own schedule, just like any other network TV, you know. And I remember uh, I had a babysitter that I would go to their place, and my highlight of the day was to finally watch HBO. <laughs> so that, because back then, HBO was the place where you could find Fraggle Rock, which was like a, a huge a thing for me. Um, they had a huge library of the Looney Tunes cartoons and movies that they came out with. And then you had, you know, your random movies, which was either Indiana Jones or sometimes you'll be lucky and you'll see like Robin Williams' Popeye show up or something like that. You know, it, it, they just had that selection and it was just different. You know, it was just really, really different. And I think ever since then, I was like so hooked to HBO and then, you know, move forward to like the 90s where it was on everyone's cable box if you paid for it. Uh, or didn't pay for it, depending on the type of box you had. Um, you know, I would watch shows like Dream On or Mr. Show, you know, and those were like the shows that I really fell in love with on HBO. Um, and then, of course, you had your taxi cab confessions and um, sex stories or something like that. You know, it, it was just like the like such a huge, diverse catalog of things that they would have. And it is just really, really exciting. And I think like you, HBO Max is my number one right now, personally, because I do watch a lot of movies on there. You know, talking about what we're watching right now, I have the new season of Barry just just started 
Winning Time, which is a phenomenal show. Tokyo Vice, which started like a couple of weeks ago that I'm really in love with, you know. And then, you know, back in the day, you had your True Bloods and, you know, of course, Game of Thrones, Sopranos, all that stuff. I was watching those things week to week. You know, there was a reason why they used to say Sundays are for HBO because it really was. You know, that's when they released all their new episodes and you would just be there in one night just watching all the latest episodes. Um, and now, since they dabbled with the uh, uh, day and uh, date and uh, day release of new releases, especially from the Warner Brothers catalog, they already guaranteed that any new Warner Brothers movie that comes out in theaters will live on HBO 45 days after the fact. So I think that's what made it even more appealing to people and why their subscription growth is tremendous right now is because you still have a lot of people who don't want to go to theaters, but they want to see the latest Batman movie or West Side Story or something like that. They know if they are patient enough and they wait a month and a half, they'll be able to watch it at home. You know, so I think that's what makes it very appealing for a lot of people and even for myself, because I may want to watch something in the theater, but then I want to watch it again. I just have to be patient and wait. And then, boom, it's already available at home uh, and I don't have to pay anything extra for it. You know, so I I think that's what's uh, one of the biggest things that's appealing to a lot of people right now. Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far, but before we continue, I wanted to quickly talk about Bulletproof Coffee. Bulletproof Coffee is my favorite coffee of choice to start off my mornings with. Why? Because it's clean coffee. What does that mean? Well, one, there are no chemicals in it. Why? Because they go through this multi-step process of making sure that all of their beans are fully clean and free of any chemicals so that when you get the beans delivered to you, it is the pure beans, the pure coffee, the goodness that you've been wanting, the taste, the flavor, and the nutritional value as well without worrying about any added chemicals or anything else put into the mix there. Um, it also doesn't have that weird acidic taste that some coffees get. Give you. I don't know how about you, but for me, some coffees kind of give me that weird sensation in my stomach, makes me a little burpy, and it kind of drags me down a little bit instead of really waking me up, uh, which is something that I need for my coffee every day. Bulletproof also offers a lot of keto-friendly snacks and supplements, anything that you need to kind of add to your everyday nutritional needs, add to your diet, and make you and pretty much transforms the way you feel uh, every day. So uh, for a limited time, if you use this code on that you see on the screen right now, LOWKEYGEEK, all caps, one word, you can get 15% off your order. So what what is it better than that, right? Check out the link in the description of this episode. Use this code, get yourself your discount, and make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof with Bulletproof Coffee. Now, back to the episode. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's HBO. So, and I guess the next big dog in, in this whole platform is uh, Disney+. Plus. Uh, we can move into Disney+, Plus right now. I mean, Disney+, Plus, that's your home, obviously, of everything Disney, right? So if you were a fan of the movies, you know, if you had the Disney Channel back in the day and you grew up with all of those, uh, you know, D- Disney Plus movies or shows, they have access to all of them. If you remember those, the Disney afternoons uh, when you were a kid, you know, your Rescue Rangers, your DuckTales, Gargoyles, they have access, you have access to all of that there. Plus, it's home of 
arguably the two biggest franchises right now, and that's Star Wars and Marvel. So anything Star Wars related, you have it there. Anything Marvel related, you have it there too. You know, and they're already starting to do obviously the exclusive shows for both franchises. You know, right now currently they have Moon Knight, and like in a, in a couple, a couple of weeks we're gonna have Obi Wan for Star Wars fans, right? So it's definitely gotten a lot of attention because of all the franchises under their belts and everything. And now with their, you know, you know they bought out uh, Fox. A lot of the the Fox movies are are going to be available on there, and now that especially since they've adjusted their parental controls so that you could set yourself up to more mature content, they're going to be releasing. I'm pretty sure more stuff like that soon too. So um, definitely, definitely um, a big platform and heavy competition with the last two we talked about. Um, as far as pricing is concerned, now this is where it gets a little tricky. So. If you have Disney Plus, if you want that alone, that's like $8 a month. You could also pay an annual fee of $80 for the whole year. However, since Disney does own Hulu and ESPN, you can have what they call the Disney Plus bundle, which will bundle all of those things up, and all you have to pay is $14 a month. Now, the only downside is that Hulu will be uh, available with ads. If you wanted an ad-free uh, experience with Hulu, then you'll have to pay $20 a month. And then there's additional tiers for like Hulu Live TV and da 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 and all this kind of stuff like that, right? So, but if we're talking Disney Plus alone, it's $8 a month. But keep in mind, obviously, if you have Hulu as well, then it would probably be in your best interest to just get the bundle and then just bundle it all up together because you will be saving some dough there. So, uh, Blake, what is your feelings on Disney Plus? surprisingly often going to disney plus even though i think of it more as a niche thing they there are a lot of high quality disney movies of time that they have on their library but it's mainly exactly what you said star wars marvel um i watch basically everything that's come out through those uh on those ip i one point when I got Disney Plus, it was because I was doing a Marvel binge to catch up on all of the MCU at one time mm-hmm. before a certain movie was coming out, and I've I've had it since. Um, has a lot of proven true content. I know this is a good piece of IP. I know that Marvel and Star Wars they're reliable, uh, dependable, and I don't know if that's what they're going for with their business model. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. Also, if you want to see live action Lady and the Tramp, there's only one place you can do that. Uh, I have not seen that one. They have a lot of stuff. I think if somebody, my understanding, because my brother has has two kids, and that's where mm-hmm. I got in on Disney Plus originally, that's like you could just use that only. Um, and they have enough content there to keep someone happy from the time of birth, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know that. That's another, I guess, one of the niche ones. Like, there's like PBS kids and then Netflix kids, which I don't have kids, so I haven't messed with mm-hmm. those. Uh, if somebody needs that, I'm, there are plenty of mommy and daddy websites for you to, to enjoy. I'm sure they rank these things. Uh, yeah. But for the most part, I don't, a lot of the con- content on Disney Plus isn't for me. The content that is there are things that I will check out and will rewatch mm-hmm. however many times. I also think of it as another one of those, if I have people over, I know that. If you had a group of people, 
somebody's can't go wrong with a Marvel movie. Some mm-hmm. crowd pleaser like that or a Star Wars movie or whatever. So it's pretty safe bet. And it definitely doesn't have the issue that some of the other ones have where you can get lost in the library. When right. I first I first joined only a couple few months after it came out, I think. Went through their entire library, built a watch list mm-hmm. out of that. I tried to do that with some of the other ones at various points. I have that like OCD thing where I want to know, I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. I build out a huge queue that I never get to. Disney yeah. was one of the only ones where that was actually feasible. And I still think it is. Mm-hmm. I don't use it as often for, oh, I just want to pop something on. But I do find myself, every time there's a new Marvel show, I'll go there and binge it. That's, I think, the main place where they've kept me there. Boba Fett didn't do it for me. I'm going to definitely give Obi-Wan a try. Um, but they have been of those two properties. If somebody have a child doesn't care about Marvel or, or Star Wars, this probably isn't going to be the venue for you. There are some great classic movies like Sound of Music is on Disney+. Plus. That yeah. is mm-hmm. my all-time favorite movies. have rewatched it I don't know how many times. They have some great classics like that. Um, yeah. So I think it's probably in my three or four spot. Um, and I, I view it, I know that you are probably more prone to enjoying what's on there. I view it as more of the second tier and that maybe a prime or a Hulu are above it for my, mm-hmm. which ones I use the most, but I still do find myself enjoying the Disney plus app. And I do think that their UI is about, is as close to perfect as, as something can get. It's a very clean app and I appreciate the way that is. Extremely clean. It, it is like the, probably the cleanest, uh, experience like with, uh, compared to all these other platforms. Um, and it's true because of my love of Marvel, my love of star Wars and, and, and Disney too. Like I'm a huge fan of like Pixar and, and a lot of the Disney, like the classic Disney animated stuff. Uh, Disney ranks as number two for me, you know, like that is like my number two platform, um, that I really enjoy. Um, and also, I think the popularity of Disney Plus will have to depend on what they do for their own exclusive content moving forward. That's not Marvel or Star Wars, right? I know they have National Geographic there. So if you're a big fan of like the nature films and documentaries, then that is also probably a great place to go to. I do like what they do with uh, Jeff Goldblum. And his own like little exclusive show that he has on there, where basically Jeff Goldblum just goes, you know, spends an episode uh, learning about something for the first time, and you get to watch him like, like, ooh, this is fascinating, and all this kind of stuff like that. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see like what they're going to do with more exclusive content like that, because, like you said, if someone is, doesn't have kids, they're not particularly a huge fan of either Disney content, Marvel, and or Star Wars, then they will probably never touch this app at all. So how can they get somebody to want to go on there if they're not like a huge fan of either of those, right? So, and I think that's one of the things that they're going to have to figure out moving forward or not because Disney is a freaking multi-billion trillion dollar company and, you know, people will pay for their stuff regardless, right? Um, Because I think in every household, there's going to be one person who's going to be a fan of any of those properties, right? So, um, and and price-wise, it's not the most expensive. So it's not like you're throwing a lot of money away every month, um, especially if you bundle it up with Hulu that may offer you additional stuff that Disney probably wouldn't have. 
you know so and, and that's something we could talk about uh, a little later once we get to them so so yeah so that's Disney plus there for you guys um, I guess maybe what Blake would consider to be another major one that's not Disney because in a way it's true it's kind of more niche is uh, Amazon Prime uh, Prime Video because Prime Video does offer a huge selection of movies on top of their own uh, Amazon Studios movies that uh, have come out in recent years and they also do have access to um, specific shows um, I'm the things that come to mind is like the Marvelous Miss Maisel, you know, that um, a lot of people talk about and probably go to Prime just to watch. Like, I feel like that's one of their drivers as to um, utilizing video. Um, I think also it's it's a unique position for them because if you already have Prime, you just have access to video automatically. So I feel like they've got into people's houses just like that. Just like, you know, whether or not the person knows it or not, they have access to video, um, you know, which and most people probably don't even realize it or use it, you know. So uh, it's one of those unique things. But you can get Prime video separately if you didn't want to go for the full membership of Prime itself. And you could do so at $8.99 per month. Now, but if you paid $14.99, that gives you access to all of Prime. So you get free shipping on stuff whenever you buy something on Amazon and, you know, exclusive sales and all this kind of good stuff, right? Um, and an interesting thing too is that if you are a student, you can have, uh, you could join at a student tier, which is $7.49 a month. Um, obviously, I guess you have to show proof of you going to college and all that stuff like that. But, you know, those who know will know how to manage all those things. So, uh, Blake, what are your thoughts and opinions on Prime Video? And so they, the, having the Prime package is just where on the, the value, it just throw, it's out of the water. Because mm -hmm. not only can you go and watch, was I think recently it was The Apartment, an old classic that had been on my watch list forever. You can watch that. On Amazon Prime, and you can also have ten thousand plastic spoons delivered to you in the next eight <laughs> hours. For the right. does Netflix do that? I don't think so. Right, um, right. That puts them over the edge on the value thing. Um, fortunately, I already have access to that. Otherwise, I don't. I don't know. I'm curious how many people only use it for the streaming and don't already have Amazon. And that that right. business model is bonkers to me. Mm -hmm. I think. The idea is kind of, oh, you wanted to come watch a movie? Also, do you want some plastic spoons? Also, do you right. need some, I don't know, like googly eyes where you can get 10,000 of them for $3? Or were you going to go to Dollar General later? How about this? Come come over, watch a movie, and uh, I'll give you all the stuff you need. It's almost yep. like the needy friend who's like, hey, buddy, come over. I'll feed you. I'll give you snacks. You have whatever. Like, they're just so, <laughs> like, the, the tryhards. But it works. And they seem to be doing pretty well business-wise. I don't know. Um, the main thing where I actually do, where they become a top tier for me, is unlike Disney+, Plus, they have a lot of things that I like and want to watch. They're mm -hmm. actually right up there. They're tied with Netflix, essentially. Or in that two slot. Um, mm -hmm. When I look at my watch list of 500 movies that I've been making over the last couple of years... They have 28 of them, which is just yeah. above Netflix. And they have my 150 favorite movies. They have 10 of them, which is just under Netflix. And and so third spot there. They have a really surprisingly good selection. I don't know. I haven't watched 
it how it's changed over time. I feel like there was a while where it was harder to find, especially Prime originals that were quality. And if you had the Prime subscription, what's included with that, what's not, that's where, to me, their UI. And maybe it's just the Apple TV app that I'm using. Um, my understanding is they're not as friendly um, yeah. with different devices or more friendly with others. But their UI definitely suffers. And I would never start with Amazon to see, oh, is this movie there? Because they have all the movies there, but more yeah. often than not, it comes with a rental price. Right. That said, they have a huge selection if you're willing to pay three or four bucks. So um, I was doing during times of COVID with my brother, it was a weekly movie club. And there were so many times where it's not on any of the streamers, but we really want to watch this one movie that we've, that we've been wanting to watch forever. And I go, three bucks? Yeah, I'll pay three bucks. Mm -hmm. They've probably gotten yeah. more money from me that way than from the the what would be the $9 of the 15 is just a couple times a month or so I'm doing that. And that's, that's an easy way for them to rack up dough. That yeah. said over time, I feel like their quality of movies is, is higher um, than, than it used to be. And it's right up there with Netflix. Their UI is not built for streaming movies the way that Netflix or HBO is They're right. I don't know what your experience is or what device you're using, but on my Apple TV, it's it's kind of an annoying app because they have so many things. So I'm basically using a search function. Yeah. And they say, hey, maybe you would like this. There's so much on there that I don't like or care about. It's almost like they're as watered down as you can be. Um, so what I'll usually do is either just quickly scroll through. I just want to put anything on. I'll go through the Prime. If you have Prime, these are free option. Or go on Google or my Letterboxd account, it says this is on Prime for free, and then I go there. Um, that's kind of the main way they get me. It's time to rent a movie. More often than not, their prices are just a little bit better than the YouTube rental price, the Apple Plus rental price, or the Apple TV rental price. So I do find myself, those are like three or four bucks, and the other ones are going to be four to six kind of thing. So just off that, I'll, I almost always rent from them instead of one of the other services, even though those services are better at other things. Right. No, for sure. I mean, I think so to go back to like the UI stuff, um, uh, I will say my biggest annoyance with Amazon is that since they have access to basically all the movies in their shopping catalog, you may search for a movie that's not even available for rent. It will just tell you, oh, yeah. oh it's available or it's not available at all. You know, and I'm just like, yeah, OK, so why so why does it show up then? You know, <laughs> like like it's it's so annoying. And um, multiple times where I will have a movie on my list to watch and then a week later it's gone. You know, and they don't really do the same thing as in Netflix, where, you know, at the beginning of the month, there's going to be an influx of movies that come in and an influx of movie that goes out. You know, in on Amazon, you never know when things are coming in and out. So and they don't really provide like a, uh, a list of things that they're you know inserting or taking out, whatever the case is. So it gets really frustrating at times, you know, just to to know what I can watch or not. Um, when it comes to their exclusive stuff, I mean, there are some things that I, I like that they're, you know, dabbling more in. You know, like I remember when Prime Video was first available, they had all of these exclusive shows that I didn't 
give a fuck about you know like they had the tick like a new version of the tick that they were working on i'm like all right that's kind of interesting and then they had a bunch of like these like b c tier shows that was just like no i'm not watching this giovanni ribisi show that i have no interest in um or this uh they brought back this old um uh not animated but it's like called thunderbirds where it's like this old british property where you have a bunch of puppets like walking around <laughs> kind of like team america that's kind of what they poked fun at and they did like a new version of it i'm just like oh i don't think this is worth my time you know but then when they started doing more like the the miss mazels and and their like amazon studio movies like that's really good stuff and i obviously we would love to see them do more of that but this is probably one of the more confusing uh, platforms because of their model. I don't know how the model works for them at all, you know, especially since you're basically throwing it in there to anyone who has a prime membership. Like, so how are they making any money out of it? Unless a lot of people like yourself use it more as an on-demand platform and just rent stuff through it. And then that's how they watch whatever movie has just come out and, and all that. Uh, because more than likely, that's probably how they're making the majority of their money from this this platform. I think that it's essentially it's going to be a value add question. So, like, if someone says, "Okay, I need to cancel one of my subscriptions," well, I could cancel Netflix, or I could cancel Amazon Prime and lose access to free shipping. Anytime right. I've had this question of like, "Okay, I have too many streamers; it's now more expensive than it, live TV ever would be," I'm not going to cancel. Prime is going to be the last one I cancel. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious how many people have Prime just for shipping, like mainly for shipping, but then they would say, oh, I don't really use that. I'm going to go ahead and keep it, though, because of the video service. I, I don't right. quite get it. My understanding on their business model is overwatch a movie and we'll try we'll try to sell you a, a piece of lawn equipment or whatever while right. you're here. Yeah. And then, hair yeah, as far as their selection goes, especially what it used to be, it used to be much worse. It was the old... Uh, they went to a garage sale and like, I don't know, this is what they had. Or it's when you go uh, shopping for someone's for uh, the holidays at Walmart at 1230. Mm -hmm. And you're like, socks and lotion. Here you go. I don't know. Is that what you wanted? Uh, my bad. Right. But and that's like what Netflix's selection was. We were talking about earlier. That's what it was originally was just the weird crap. Um, mm -hmm. Amazon just has everything. I didn't even think about the amount of time Amazon asks me, how can I watch this movie? It has a question mark, and I can click that, and it'll tell me. But I also feel like they're kind of asking me, like, I don't, I don't know. You came to us. What you're the one you who tell me? Why is there a question mark at the end of that? No, please right. just give me this movie. You're right. The, that happens so many times. So you don't use. I don't really use any search to find who has what. I use my Letterbox account, or I use Google, and they have a pretty good watch movie feature, so you can find what you're looking for. But there are times where those are incorrect or a little outdated. Like you're saying, they're not keeping it up to wait, date the way Netflix is. They're just kind yeah. of like moving through content sometimes. When something says it's on Prime and then I go to Prime, that happens more often than any other device, uh, any other service. I go there and it says, how do I watch this? Right. That is really frustrating. I think that's why I have a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, especially with their UI. No, for sure. Um, and... Uh... I should also mention that they've tried to partner with some other streaming platforms, but those are more of the free streaming platforms. So like IMDb TV and all that stuff like that. So it just adds more fluff to stuff that 
you will more than likely not watch, right? So it, it's just interesting what they offer. It will be really more interesting to see how things move forward in the next couple of years, especially with these, you know, bigger platforms doing more and more and more stuff, right? So um, I think next would be a good time to talk about Hulu. Uh, I feel like Hulu is definitely a platform that a lot of people have actually tried or maybe still have. Or, like I mentioned before, because maybe they decided to go with the Disney bundle, it's all inclusive, right? So uh, Hulu, one of the, the cool things about Hulu is that they do have access to a lot of network shows. So if you are a fan of like, you know, the sitcoms that you would normally find on network television, especially ABC, that is like the go to spot for that. You know, they do have their own exclusive stuff. I mean, especially like Handmaid's Tale is what put them on the map pretty much. Uh, you know, and then they have other shows um, along with that. They also have a, a interesting a partnership with FX. So, you know, right now, Atlanta um, being the big show right now, that is a great place to go and watch Atlanta. Plus, you could also watch uh, Saturday Night Live. It's one of the, 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 the two platforms you could watch SNL on. So that's, it's nice to know that you could go there for that. They do have movies, and you, you will find um, an interesting movie selection. They do have Hulu exclusives, you know, and they're getting more and more of that each year. Uh, but then you also get you know, things that have been out in theaters. Like, for example, you could watch Pig uh, starring Nicolas Cage on there. So very interesting stuff. And since it is Disney-owned, um, I feel like you know, this is a great alternative to add more stuff to your to what you won't be able to find on Disney Plus, right? So if you had Disney Plus for the kids, Hulu can be for you as an adult, as a parent, because they have more programming, more mature content stuff. Um, not sure how much longer they're going to support this model or if they're just going to roll it into all in one under Disney Plus and then just have a section that, you know, like Hulu shows or maybe they'll call it something different. Who knows? Right. Um, so. As far as pricing is concerned, I think we talked about pricing before, but if you wanted Hulu just on its own, you could pay $6.99 a month for it. Um, that's uh, with ads and $12.99 with no ads. So that's why it does make sense to kind of bundle it up if you already have interest or if you already have a Disney Plus subscription there. So, uh, Blake, what are your thoughts on Hulu? Hulu used to be a huge go-to, a Hulu go-to for me. Where I, before ABC was the NBC one, uh, where I would watch, and this is the days of The Office, Dirty Rock, and Community. I think we're all on Thursday, something like that. And I would go there, SNL, they still have that, thank goodness. Um, and that's changed over time. And also, Hulu used to be where you would go for Criterion movies. Before there was a Criterion app, you could watch, I think it was, for a while they had a bunch of James Bond movies and mm -hmm. Criterion movies, and I love that. Um, I would be able to just kind of enjoy a lot of my current favorite movies when I was getting into cinema, I watched on Hulu through their Criterion plugin. That falls off, I get sad, and then shortly after, Criterion is announcing that they have their own app, um, and I'm, I'm glad they do. And now we're seeing some of their stuff on HBO. I'm wondering maybe the Criterion, they said, well, we need more money. Um, and they're letting HBO siphon off some of their stuff, I'm sure, for a cost. Right. That was the, originally the only place you'd get some, a lot of those Criterion options, and they had a huge James Bond collection. So whenever a new James Bond movie came out, it was like just spent a few days on Hulu just binging the hell out of that. Um, 
now I'm using it more niche. It's, oh, I want to watch that SNL episode. I want to watch that Atlanta episode. It's rare that I'll go to Hulu or oh, I want you to recommend a movie to me. I always feel like yeah. this was the case back in the day and still is the case where it's a weaker selection. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of options. If you only had Hulu, you could entertain yourself for yeah. hours. But it's definitely not the one. It doesn't have the HBO thing of, I know the majority of these are going to be quality and a lot of great movies. I looked at the stats for what on my watch list and favorites is on there. It's the fourth slot. Um, not mm-hmm. horribly, but it's just, it goes HBO, Netflix, Prime, and then Hulu below that. Um, so they're, and that, that feels right to me. The most frustrating thing to me about Hulu, which it's not too different from the Amazon Prime problem we talked about. It's a different problem, though. Go to Google, say, where do I watch this movie? It says Hulu. I go to Hulu, and it's a premium subscription. And you have to have a Showtime add-on or the FX add-on or something like that. I feel like they have enough of those that I end up finding myself, okay, I've burned three email addresses trying to get this Showtime subscription for free. And now I have to, okay, now I'm going to try all those again. Nope, still, no. Okay, you guys still remember my email address. I'm going to create a new email address. They have a lot of things that are exclusively on there that aren't Hulu exclusives. Mm-hmm. And there's also the part of their business model where if you pay more, you get rid of ads. If you have the Disney, ESPN, Hulu bundle, I do think that might be the best bang for your buck out of all these, that yeah. and the Amazon Prime option. But if we're only ranking it based on you give me movies and TV, I pay you this much money. Even though HBO is going to be more expensive, they have better bang for your buck. Same with Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think Prime even has a better library. Um, and I find myself with a bad taste in my mouth from a lot of things I want to watch on Hulu that are not actually available at the lower price. And then I'm watching things and I'm having to deal with ads. And so that's, that's I think, last year I binged the 90s Colin Firth Pride and Prejudice for over a, a day and a half or something. It's mm-hmm. like I'm watching way too many ads for 2022. I'm yeah. not comfortable with that. Um, that I think for those reasons, that's why it's second tier. Although they, especially early on, it was they and Netflix were the main ones for me. Back when HBO Go was fumbling its its uh, rollout and then had to eventually become HBO Max and what the hell was going on there, mm-hmm. that's when it was Netflix and Hulu. I I thought of as the two big hitters before there was an Apple Plus, before there was a Peacock or anything like that. They still have some goodwill there, and I'm sure a lot of recurring subscribers from that. Now in the current landscape, and now that HBO Max has fully caught up and gotten their stuff together, uh, to me, Hulu's basically right at the middle of this eight eight streamers list that we have. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think one of the things, like, so for me, this definitely probably falls maybe fifth on my list or or whatever the case is but i see it as more of an add-on to disney plus because i do have the bundle right so it's it's nice that i just have it uh because there are and and i think moving forward this is it's what's gonna you know keep this platform going is their their shows their exclusive shows you know you have the big hit from last year, uh, Only Murders in the Building, which a lot of people love to watch. And that was big for them. I believe the Pam and Tommy show is on Hulu, right? So a lot yeah. of people were watching that. Um, so if they do more of these exclusive shows, then I could see them really, really hanging in there. I think in the long run, 
and what would probably make more sense to Disney is they just rolled it all into one platform. You know, and obviously that may increase the cost of Disney Plus as a whole. But at least now you could say you have offerings for everybody, right? You have offerings for the kids, the Star Wars fan, the Marvel fan, the adults who wants to watch uh, a teacher or, you know, Pam and Tommy or Handmaid's Tale and things like that. You know, and then you'll have some of the movies you have available to watch. That's not Disney related, right? So I don't know how they're working the whole SNL angle, especially since that's an NBC property. So I'm curious as to how long that's going to last, too. You know, it's nice that you could watch it on there. But as as a business model, I'm pretty sure eventually Peacock's going to be like, wait a minute. I don't think we want you guys showing that on there. Yeah, especially since we can. Can I see that real quick? (laughs) You borrow? Yeah. Can I get that back? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so it's a definitely an interesting platform. Definitely was more uh, niche back in the day, you know, and it was like a great alternative to Netflix uh, because of what they they had to offer and all that. But uh, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see what what happens moving forward with these guys. We, if we were to bet on it, I think they're going the way of the dodo or the way of the Quibi, uh, as it were, mm-hmm. um, in the next like five, ten years or so. I don't yeah. see them surviving this current or like they, they would have to exactly what you're saying get absorbed into a disney plus or something like that yeah um, i'm sure somebody would love to buy them out it, this is i think they've been on the decline for long enough that yeah. they have a few of those hit shows but other things we're talking about hbo's and netflix have those hit shows and a lot more so uh, but that said like we said that bang for your buck on the the bundle that's that's yeah. got real value no definitely um, cool. So uh, moving forward, um, I, I'm pretty sure with these next three, we're probably not going to talk a lot about because honestly, I feel like there's not much to talk about with some of them. But we'll talk about them. You know, we'll give them some proper time. But uh, I think next week is uh, Paramount Plus. So Paramount Plus is definitely one of the newer guys on the block. Um, when they came out, the way I looked at this platform was this is star trek's dream platform like those people who are into star trek this is the platform you will be in just like how star wars you know disney plus is the home of star wars this is the home of everything star trek so you'll find the movies the shows the new shows the exclusive shows whatever the case is star trek star trek star trek now if it's not star trek they are definitely doing their best to kind of keep this as a platform for a lot of people. If you are a huge Nickelodeon fan, they have the full Nickelodeon library going back to like the 90s. So if you wanted you to watch... Are afraid of the dark? Yeah. yeah. Are you afraid of the dark? You know, you can't do that on television. Nick, uh, Double Dare, you know, Legends of the Hidden Temple. This is wow. where you would go and watch all of that stuff. And for me, I found myself in a rabbit hole of watching old episodes of Double Dare for like a day. And <laughs> I was just having the time of my life because that show was just a blast to watch. Uh, no pun intended. But um, separately also, it's uh, since it is associated with CBS, this is how you could watch NFL. You know, if you don't have cable or whatever the case is, when this when the oh, you can't say the word, but when the big game was on, um, 
you know the the football game you know oh, the, the big, big major really big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 okay right yeah. you know great halftime show and all that stuff yeah okay. yeah paramount yeah, plus was the place to watch it you know if you had paramount plus you were able to watch it on there you know so really interesting and now they have the halo series which in my opinion is not the best but there are people who like it um but they are definitely trying to make more of a name themselves by having more exclusive stuff on there and lastly if you are a big uh a soccer fan or as they would call it in europe football that's their football uh they do have the champions league that you could uh, watch exclusively on there so i know a lot of people actually have this platform just for that so it's a it's an interesting platform for sure but uh um when it comes to price um let's see 4.99 a month so it's definitely on the cheaper end uh you know out of all, all of these platforms and then if you want a no ads version it's 9.99 uh so it doesn't really take a lot out of your wallet but again it all depends on what you're interested to watch on there and if you're going to keep going back on there so uh Blake what are your thoughts on Paramount Plus yeah, um, Paramount Plus, I I had it for a minute. I actually, I think I still have it. I just like somebody logged in and like hasn't logged mm-hmm. out kind of thing going on. Um, I went through one time thinking it was going to like once the free trial was ending, I was like, all right, I want to see what all they have. And I'm going to make a list, add it to a queue and try to watch once before I lose access to them. It's a pretty small queue. Um, I'm mainly a movies person. If you're into the Star Trek thing, I'm pretty sure there's some Star Trek people who would pay $50 a month for unlimited sure. Star Trek. I'm sure that that's how they get a lot of, like, not too dissimilar from the Disney Plus option of, oh, you want to watch Marvel movies? Come over here. Come to my mm-hmm. place. Pay the door charge and you can watch as many as you want. Um, they, I'm, like, even going through the library now and it doesn't seem like a lot's changed there. I don't feel the need to, like, go go through it. Uh, they have a lot of, uh, just a lot of stuff and there's some where I go, oh yeah, I kind of want to watch that or I might want to watch that again, but it's just a lot of stuff for the most part in their library, almost like they were looking to fill it in. Uh, we were talking about before when, uh, when Netflix was new, uh, they had just a lot of weird crap and it's almost like they might be in that stage where yeah. they just said, okay, we want to fill up a library and we'll work on adding good, high-quality content over time. For now, uh, can I get uh, a 1,000 movies for $400, please? And they just went to their mm-hmm. local, the guy who has a, a warehouse full of movies for, for sale and just threw them on there. Um, right. I, I have enjoyed movies on there. I, it is not, it would not make my cut. And I honestly don't feel the need to just like beat that dead horse. Um, I, I know with the last few of these, we're going to go pretty quickly, but they're also mm-hmm. newer or have smaller selections. They are worth considering though, if you want those things, or if you're just like, there, there have been enough times I go, oh man, that's on Paramount Plus. Mm, okay. I'll go check that out. Uh, but yeah. I would never start here to just say, what am I going to watch today? No, no, definitely not. Um, you know, for me personally, it is probably not very last on my list, but very close to it. You know, it's just one of those things where I have it because of what I do and what we do, you know, because I want to be able, I need to be able to catch up to the halos or whatever the case is, right? Plus, the one benefit that I have seen recently that could change a lot of people's minds is that any Paramount movie 
this is going to be their home immediately. So, for example, we talked about this in a separate episode, Jackass Forever. Yeah, you could watch it on Paramount Plus as part of the subscription. And I've watched it at least five or six times by now, just running it in the background because I just happen to have it available. If you wanted to watch the newest Scream, it's there for you to watch. You know, like any of the old Transformers movies, that's where you can go and watch all that stuff. Um, You know, as far as like their exclusive TV programming, I think in time they may get better. You know, uh, depending on what they 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 work on, but you know, they also do have, and I, I just I'm just seeing this now. They have a partnership with Showtime, where if you bundle up Showtime and Paramount Plus, you save twenty eight percent. So I don't know if that's new, um, and I I, I do want to kind of quickly talk about Showtime later because I do feel like that is something worth mentioning. But um, they're trying. You know, I don't know how much further they're going to be able to go or what they're planning to do later on down the road. But I think if if someone was just looking for a very cheap uh, platform to pay every month, this does have a little bit of something for everybody. You know, for the kids, you have your Nickelodeon programming, especially SpongeBob. You know, if your kids are into SpongeBob, they could watch SpongeBob 24-7. You know, they, this could be the platform there. For the adults, you have your movies, some exclusive shows, but then you have sports. And I think that's another thing that could, like, you know, keep this going, especially for those big football fans, both in America and Europe. So, you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how it's going to uh, work moving forward. Um, Hey guys and gals, looking for the latest and greatest in collectibles and pop culture merchandise? Well, have I got the perfect destination for all of you. Entertainment Earth is the premier place online for the latest and greatest toys, the most exciting action figures, and the coolest gifts and collectibles pop culture has to offer. From television, movies, sports, collectibles, comics, internet memes, and every fandom in between. They drop new products daily and curate their selection so you don't miss out. Whether you're looking for something stellar from a galaxy far, far away with Star Wars, or from the streets of Gotham City with DC Comics. They've got surprises for everyone. Get access to exclusive releases and limited run pre-orders. You can even reserve hard-to-find items before they arrive. From Funko to Hasbro, all your favorite vendors are represented in their robust catalog of cool collectibles. They are pleased to offer risk-free shopping with their industry-leading mint condition guarantee and hassle-free 90-day returns. Entertainment Earth has been making pop culture fans happy for 25 years now and have no signs of slowing down. What's great is that for U.S. shoppers, they're currently offering free shipping for any orders placed above $49. Not in the U.S.? Don't worry. Entertainment Earth ships globally. Visit the special link in the description of this episode to take advantage of this offer and buy yourself or a loved one something really cool. Entertainment Earth. So many toys. So much fun. Next is Peacock, the NBC, the other network uh, platform. Uh, here. Uh, so Peacock um, is, I guess you could now call this the official home of The Office after all the back and forth, like with Netflix and all that kind of stuff like that. I think for the longest time, Peacock was advertising themselves as this is where you could watch The Office. And for a lot of people, that's one of the main reasons why they kept their Netflix subscription was to watch The Office over and over and over again. So this is where you could do it. 
you know, obviously it's NBC, so all the NBC programming you could find on here. Uh, they do have movies, for example, Marry Me, uh, the latest Jennifer Lopez uh, movie is available here. Um, when the new movie Firestarter comes out, it will be available at the same time on Peacock to watch there. Um, the latest show, uh, Bel Air, which is the latest uh, reincarnation of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, this is where you would watch that. You know, your Brooklyn Nine-Nines. Um, you know, if you wanted to watch the older episodes of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, that's how you could do it too. Um, they do offer kind of like a live TV experience. So, like, if you had, it, it kind of gives you like, if I had cable and I was watching NBC, this is how it would be like, right? So, that's kind of cool. Um, but I think one of the biggest things about Peacock outside of the office is they have this uh, exclusive partnership with the WWE. So all the wrestling fans who are, who love WWE, um, you can watch all of their programming included in with the subscription including all the pay-per-view events. You don't have to pay any additional funds for it or anything like that. It's all inclusive as long as you pay for Peacock. So I know for tons of people, once that happened, they were immediately like all in uh, with uh, Peacock there. So, And of course, this is where you would find Yellowstone, which a lot of people are really in love with right now. Uh, and it looks like every Sunday starting in May, you can watch Major League Baseball. So it looks like they have a thing there. So again, it, you could see like where some of these platforms where they're trying to go for their angles, right? Sports is a big thing. So I think they're trying to captivate that the sports-minded people um, to try to like sign up for their platforms and all that. So as far as pricing is concerned, um, they do have a free tier, which you can watch certain movies and shows. Um, and and what they call the always on channel. So this is like kind of like their, their cable like experience and all that. Uh, if you wanted to pay a premium with limited ads, that's four ninety nine a month, and then ad free is nine ninety nine. So very similar to Paramount Plus there. So Blake, your thoughts on the Peacock, which probably has the worst name for any of the platforms, right? They took two dirty words. <laughs> put them together are you are you kidding me what's ne what's next but but poop is the name of your app what why would you do that that's that's so bad in my opinion that's obviously the easiest joke ever but vag um, lab i think that's the next that's the next streaming platform vag that might lab. be better yeah yeah uh, honestly the other uh, easy joke is that they have a show called the slap and they have the old will smith fresh prince of bel-air show we're talking about is like i have to i i was actually writing them off they then i went through their library just to study mm -hmm. up on this episode because i hadn't been using peacock and their movie library is actually pretty solid it's definitely way better than i thought it was going to be mm -hmm. um but i i think that the sports angle might be a smart move for somebody like them if you're a fan of the milwaukee brewers and you got to watch every brewers game and it's game night you're like, where do I watch this now? You're going to download and pay whatever it takes, essentially. Like, that's that's a pretty solid, especially with, like, sports viewing numbers. As TV dies and as, like, the movie theater, you know, like, eyeball change sports is one of the most com consistent things mm -hmm. in history with entertainment. So that's actually pretty smart. Um, 
But what's maybe less is that they had the Peacock originals for a little bit. Yeah. Those I resented, and, and here's why. For whatever reason, okay, I remember. Hell Academy is released on Netflix. There's one actress, and I said, oh, what else has she been in? And she was in something called Lady Parts, a short film that was on Channel 4 in England where she has a, a punk band uh, who are – parents are muslim in england and it's a controversial it's like a 10 or 15 minute short film mm-hmm. i laughed i loved that short film desperately so much so i went to my letterbox account and i said oh i'd like to log this give it five stars it wasn't on there so what did i do i had to figure out how do i get this thing added to letterbox i ended up making a subscription for what's like an imdb added mm-hmm. lady parts of the short film onto there and then it shows up on letterboxd and then Peacock comes out and they have a Peacock original where they took that, which was going to be some BBC. And now it's a Peacock original. They did a TV show based off of that short film. Numbers for the lady part short film went from, there were so few, it was barely even registering. Now we're just like, we're talking plenty of people. It's one of my proudest accomplishments was adding. That's how deep in letterboxd I am. I enjoyed something needed it on there. So I added it and now it's a Peacock original. Not paying them to watch any of this stuff. Like I, I saw Marry Me earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I've been wanting to click it just because of the Maluma is in it, and I'm, it was a premium one. Whereas a lot of their stuff is free if you have the ad, uh, if you have the app. I, I don't see myself paying for this, but I was pleasantly surprised with the cost of, with their lower cost and how plentiful their mm-hmm. library is. It's definitely improved since I first checked it out when it dropped less than a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely still very new. And obviously they are still trying to figure a lot of things out. Um, Definitely price wise, it is not a bad value, you know, and I was just looking at the movie library myself and duh, it's NBC Universal. So all the Universal properties are available here so you know that's why the the movie selections is pretty good and again for families the dreamworks collection is here so if you're a big fan of despicable me the minions and all that stuff this is the home for them so you know they do have some some interesting options for for some people um this is probably Mm, second to last on my list. I, I don't know. I, I, I can go back and forth between this and Paramount Plus like any given week, right? Um, I will say that with the addition to the, of the WWE, I think it's great to be able to watch, you know, the WrestleMania and not have to pay 50 bucks for the entire weekend, you know, and they just have it there available for you as part of the subscription. You know, I think that's, a, that's very cool. The, the originals... Nothing really stands out to me. I mean, I know a lot of people said Bel Air is pretty good. I I just have no interest to watch it personally, um, at least not right now. Um, but yeah, this is also the home of The Tonight Show, which a lot of people do watch, and SNL. However, the funniest thing is that the, my experience of watching SNL on Peacock is so much worse than it is on Hulu. Uh, because for some reason, when you watch, let's say, for example, the next day, it's not the full show. It's clip outs that all the clip outs of all the segments, but you have to go as if you're watching separate videos for each clip out. And I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, like just show the entire program. And that's what Hulu does. You go to Hulu the next day and you're watching as if you're watching live. 
So it, it's just so weird. I don't know how what they're doing with that and how are they figuring it out. Uh, but obviously, they have a lot of stuff they need to improve on. It's also worth mentioning that if you are big into watching the Olympics, Peacock is the place to go to to watch the Olympics, you know, whether it's summer or winter, because uh, you know, obviously NBC has exclusive rights to that. So um, maybe during those months, that would be something of value to you. Um, you know, you could just pay your four ninety nine and have access to the Olympics. Watch a couple of movies. Maybe there's a show you're interested in. Watch some SNL, and then you probably that's a, like a lot of value for you for that whole month. So, you know, a lot of interesting stuff there. Hey, I just checked that SNL is saying that they're going to cut off it being on Hulu starting in this fall. Oh, um, there you go. And then I'm curious a little bit. Maybe they have a deal with Hulu. We won't air the full episode. That's you. We'll do clips though, and we have to have mm. that. Maybe there's something going on there because once it's no longer on Hulu, I can't fathom. Have you ever watched a show on a streamer in clips? Unless yeah. it's some weird app like that where you, you go to youtube.com, obviously. Right. Um, yeah. That doesn't make sense. I They have to fix that for maybe starting next season. I don't know. But yeah. if the timing worked out there, that, that probably makes the most sense. Um, otherwise, yeah, I used to use it for the Olympics. Uh, I think it was one of the first, I think it was the first app I use for live streaming of live TV would have been even like HBO's and Hulu's were the next day kind of thing. Yeah. It was the Olympics of summer Olympics of 2012 in my apartment and on my iPhone, whatever that was at the time, maybe five and like small screen using the cable account from my parents and watching the, every single Olympics game. If I couldn't get to somewhere to watch it, um, that's the first time that technology existed to my mind. And you're doing the like, okay, plug in this code to link it to your cable subscription. Now go log in. They, they were early on there. So I think it does make sense. They have enough of a war chest by being NBC universal to be able yeah. to survive. And then by adding things like sports, they've been doing this kind of thing for the longest. And we're not going to talk about ESPN. They have some like movies and shows on there. Yeah. But one thing that they did really well was they were trying to do streaming before streaming existed. And that's essentially why their app ended up becoming the where people go for sports scores and mm -hmm. for live where they had such a head start. I wouldn't be surprised if NBC, they were late to the streamers game, but they were definitely early for the live sports streaming game for sure. Yeah, no, that's a good call because I remember having the NBC sports app, you know, and that was the go-to if you wanted to watch a live sporting event, but does you don't have cable, right? So, yeah, it, again, they were they. I, I have a feeling that they were thinking about a lot of this stuff for a long time, and they were probably their hand was probably forced because of what they're seeing with the other guys, right? So it's like we need our own app as well, but. I, again, just going back to the marketing, the name is horrible. I remember the funniest <laughs> thing I ever saw, and I, I, I noticed that they got rid of it like maybe a week after, was October. So obviously they, they were doing like a whole Halloween thing, right? They called their section Cocktober. And I was just this got to be a joke right like this has got to be a joke but they they called the whole the whole section cocktober because uh, peacock 
You're like ninja advertising. Like they're trying to be bad and funny and like, LOL jokes on us. We have a dumb name. What the hell? You had in you have NBC. Surely they own the rights to NBC. They've yeah. got the logo. They've got one of the most iconic like angle tones in history. They were there when it was radio before yeah. it was TV. What are y'all doing? I don't know. Yeah, and like and like even right now on their website, they have fun for the whole flock. Like, really? I'm deleting my dad app immediately. Never mind. They, <laughs> they, they were like almost last place on mine, and then I saw their library and it jumped up a couple. Now I'm not yeah. so sure. Um, <laughs> before we before we move on, like it's the the what I was talking about with them streaming and being early on it. Article from Vice.com is the embarrassing failure that made ESPN a mobile juggernaut. They had something called an ESPN phone. Which you're like, okay, that's just a no. It was like they were trying to get in the cell phone market, which then made mm. them their tech was way ahead of the game for apps. So then once smartphone time, they have all of this proprietary technology they'd already worked through and it failed for them. They end up becoming like the go to in the sports world from TV to that that switch. And a lot of places don't make that switch very well. The fact right. that NBC is just now getting their streamer in the last year. So maybe there's maybe there's some way that like it's embarrassing now and it benefits NBC down the road. That is an awesome article though, where it's just like one of the biggest failures, like why was ESPN in the cell phone business? Right. Uh, and then it ends up making them just a, a crap load of money. Um, I, 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 I think I'm going to give Peacock another shot after this and after checking out their library. And if I have to like laugh off their name, that's okay. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, I can't wait to see what they're going to do this October. Um, because I, I, I wish I took a screenshot of that. I think that was my missed opportunity because I really could not believe what I saw. Um, but it, it, I had a good laugh for a while. And then, of course, later on, I saw that they changed it to just like Halloween something, you know. Um, but I guess last here on our list, obviously, we have to talk about it because Apple runs the homes of a lot of people. And that's Apple TV Plus. So Apple TV Plus, you know, they decided, well, we kicked ass with iTunes. Why can't we do the same thing for video and programming like that? So they, they're trying their hand at it. When it first came out, all I knew about the platform was, one, I could watch the Beastie Boys documentary that I've been wanting to watch for a while. That's how I would watch it. And you could watch music videos. You know, because obviously with their iTunes library and everything like that, they were able to serve music videos. What put them on the map for sure, arguably, has to be Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso put them on the map, and now it's a go-to for some people. Um, but it's easy; it's an easy go-to because they only have one price tier, and that's four ninety-nine a month, and that's it. Uh, you could pay a year, fifty bucks. It's definitely on the cheaper side, but it could potentially have more value than your Peacock or Paramount Pluses that cost the same. You know, they have the Morning Show, which is a, another show that a lot of people talk about. Um, they have um, the M Night Shyamalan show, Servant. They have Severance, that a lot of people nowadays are talking a lot about. You know, they do have um, some movies, and of course, they were responsible for Coda. And, you know, the big talk of the Oscars, obviously, was Coda and during the whole award season. They do work with top tier actors and actresses and directors. So I do feel like it is definitely one of the what I like to call kind of like the artisanal 
platform because they definitely work with big names. And even their shows have big names attached to them as well. Um, I forget the name of the, the show that is uh, the video game show that uh, they're a, a game developer, but it's from the same writers of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So a lot of people talk about that show too. So they do have some stuff to offer, but it's definitely light. Uh, as far as content is concerned. Um, I think for the children's offering, this is where you can find, funny enough, it comes full circle, Fraggle Rock. The new Fraggle Rock show is on Apple. And Snoopy is definitely the home for uh, Snoopy cartoons and all that. So that's definitely where you would go to if you have little kitties running around. So, Blake, what is your thoughts on Apple TV Plus? Hey, Siri, I love you. He thinks I'm pretty great too. Now don't listen to anything I'm about to say because I'm going to talk some shit. I have an <laughs> Apple Home. I am so excited for my iPhone to break and I am definitely switching over to Android. Siri, st stop listening, guys. This face. Because well, I am so tired. <laughs> I am so tired of, of these devices. Siri's been running my home. I love her very much. It's true. We get along great. Um, but I... The reason why I had Apple TV Plus, Apple Plus, is because if you have the Apple device, it said you get a free year. So with right. my iPhone, I did that, and then at some point that ran out, and I wanted to finish. I had two episodes of Ted Lasso left, so I used like a work phone or something. Like I just kind of milked that. Mm. I don't know how many people re-upped on purpose from that deal. I am sure plenty of people accidentally paid the oh. whole year with the day that ended. My advice to anyone who's trying out these streamers, literally the first thing I do is set a reminder to cancel that whatever trial I'm doing in my phone reminder. And then I set it for like a few days before so I can snooze, mess up, miss it. So they don't hit me with that. And then that allows me to try a lot of these things until I've burned all my email addresses on some trials. And then the other thing Apple does, which is nice, is there's a subscription section if you have an iPhone. I'm not sure how Android handles, but... I were to subscribe to Showtime free trial, you can go in and cancel it the very next second after signing up and it'll still, yeah. it'll say, you get to access this until the trial ends. I've done right. that so many times and I almost, I almost feel bad about it, but like, that's that's the game. Um, <laughs> I wonder how many people kept Apple Plus after their year long trial, because that's a long time to do a free trial and it's almost mm -hmm. like they were like, there's no way you're gonna remember this a year from now, right? Right. Um, Enough so that like you get ads for a service whose only job is to go through your debit card statements and find the recurring charges for people who just like didn't stay on top of this. If you stay on top of this, you can have a lot of fun for free, essentially. Mm -hmm. If not, you can get that whatever $100 charge or something for a year of Apple Plus, uh, whatever it was at the time. Their, their content is not good enough for me to say it's worth yeah. $5. If... If money's no issue and you want to be able to, maybe this show will come back that I like or kind of like, even then, like Ted Lasso was a great first season. Second season wasn't that good. Morning show, I watched just to see like, oh, I have this free Apple Plus thing. I'll try out that. Got into it. Didn't finish the second season at all. Mm -hmm. um, they have some original movies. Um, was it the, the Rousseau brothers doing Cherry? And these right. dudes who made some great classic pieces of entertainment, that was a flop for them. Um, Mythic Quest, I had to look it up, was the name of that game. That's it. That's it. Yep. Game, show, show about mm -hmm. a game. I, I saw the trailer, 
looked at some reviews like, nah, okay, I'm going to pass. They haven't found anything to me that's compelling enough. Glad I was able to watch Coda. Um, I think I ended up, I, I don't remember what they did. I think they allowed it to be rented for something or somehow I watched Coda. Uh, so then that way I could see the best picture. I'm curious how many people said, oh, that one best picture. I need to see that. Now I'm going to go sign up for this streamer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the math is working out for them. They have enough, they have the biggest war chest of anyone, right? Like the most highest valued company ever. Um, I'm curious how how this will look for them. Like we kind of mapped out NBC might look like this in a couple of years. Yeah. Or Peacock. Apple is doing the boutique thing. They're going to the festival and buying the rights. They've got the new Scorsese one. That'll be the first one that makes me mad. If I can't see that in a theater and I have to re-up on Apple Plus, I will resent them and I'll do it because I'm going to see the next Scorsese film for yeah. sure. Other than just some rare hits that they might have, and other ones that I might not know about, nothing has my attention enough to say. Want that now? What I think would have been the smarter move is if they had great content. Like if you have your Stranger Things, something like that, your House of Cards, whatever. During that first year where they gave it to everybody who had an Apple device, you had things like that that people got sucked into. There was nothing I got sucked into, so I don't know what it would take to get me back. It would have to be essentially like. A madman helped AMC get on the map. Right. Uh, something like that where we go, oh, what is it on? Really? Okay, I guess I'll check that out. They would have to have some kind of huge hit like that. It's like a can't miss. For now, it's it's the bottom of my options for sure. Yeah. Uh, not It's not even close. It's just for those reasons alone. It, the best that they can say right now is they have a few things that I want to watch that I'm not going to because I don't have that membership anymore. Also, I think the most exclusive one because it's tied to your Apple ID. So whereas I can burn a few email addresses on a Showtime or whatever, it's you can't do that the same way with Apple on my Apple TV, or else it'll like log me out of my Apple ID and just cause me all types of issues. Right. Yeah. No. The, yeah. This is definitely the last uh, on my list um, as far as ranking is concerned because it, like you said, there's just not enough stuff on it at all. You know, I had. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had a six-month free trial uh, because um, I believe uh, PlayStation Five owners, when you got your PlayStation Five, that was a deal that they worked out with Apple that you had like a six-month free trial. So <clears throat> it worked out where it was the same timing Coda came out. So I'm like, perfect. Now I can watch Coda. Watched Coda. I have not been back on that uh, platform since. Now. I did forget about the free trial and they caught me two more months after the fact because I'm just like, what is this random $5 charge from Apple here? I was like, ah, shit. It's, it's, it's (laughs) freaking Apple TV plus. Right. So I, I finally canceled it. And, but you know, there are shows there that I am curious about, you know, everyone's talking about severance right now. I would love to watch it. Do I want to pay five bucks to watch it right now? Not really, unless there's some other things that I can watch that will fill up a month for me, right? Like if there's two movies that they have exclusively on there, if maybe there's another show on top of Severance that I want to check out, then maybe I'll do it, right? And then cancel after a month. But right now, I, I feel like even doing that is so cumbersome, is so like so much time management that I'm just like, no, like what am I doing? You know, like create an account 
Are you kidding me? I could just press two buttons and be watching Winning Time on HBO. Get out of here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Here's my theory to tell to I tell her to watch, pull up HBO and to type in Winning Time, and she's sitting there getting cucked. Unfortunately, like you know, I have movies too. Right. Oh, Siri. It's like Blake. Are you sure you don't want to watch Severance <laughs> instead? <laughs> no. Thank you. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, it is going to be very interesting to see what they're going to do moving forward. You know, um, they they definitely have a lot to catch up on as far as library catalog. You know, you know how they're going to compete with everybody else. If they find themselves in a situation where every movie they put out there is buzzed and talk, like always in the conversation for awards or whatever the case is then that's definitely going to raise some curiosity with some people it's like maybe it is kind of worth checking this out you know if outside of ted lasso they can produce like five more shows that are always in talks like during emmys or whatever the case is then that could also help out too but right now they're just not there and yeah you know, it, it's just hard to justify an additional five bucks every month for something like this just for maybe that potential that hey they could have something very cool come down the line right so i don't know um so that's the like, pretty much the deep dive for each of these specific platforms uh we kind of gave our own personal ratings here and rankings I think what would be a lot of fun if we just dived in and do a collaborative like master rating, um, you know, tiered rating uh, for these platforms, you know, and the way we're going to do it, as you see on your screen, you have S, which is like super tier. That's like God tier. Like these are like the, the ultimate platforms in our opinion. Right. Then you have A, B, C and D. Right. Now, multiple platforms could exist in a specific tier just based on what we consider to be the official ranking. And, you know, like we mentioned before, we are judging it based off of content, UI, and value, you know, like overall value. And then that means basically what you're paying for for a subscription, is it really worth paying that month to month and everything? Before we dive into that, I think it also is worth mentioning Showtime, uh, Showtime Anytime, because a lot of people love Showtime programming, like their shows. You know, Yellow Jackets was a big hit last year. Obviously, it's the home of Dexter. You know, when Dexter came back, you know, a lot of people were super excited about that. I believe, what is that show with uh, Lieb Schreiber? Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't have it yeah. up. Yeah, but everyone was going nuts with, with that show. Like, And then... Um, What's the other one? Uh, it's the one name show. Like, there's a lot of stuff on there that uh, <laughs> um, that you know a lot of people talk about, but it's kind of hard to pull up. Hold on, Showtime. Donovan is the first one. I almost want to say it's the Nick, but I don't even know if that's Showtime. That was just a, a show for a minute. Um, right. Yeah. No, you're right about Ray Donovan. Um, oh, they, the two doors. Some people were talking about that. The Shy, uh, Shameless, you know, like like Actually, Showtime. Those are, that's a weird show that's for someone like me, the Sasha Baron Cohen one. They have mm -hmm. a lot of quality shows. And yeah. I'm not sure if this is what you're getting at, but it's like they have the plug-in option and their own app kind of thing. Right. Uh, yeah. There have been plenty of times where I want to watch something and I have to figure that, that problem out. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Billions and Homeland. Obviously, that's where you would find that stuff, too. Um, and 
the one thing that I do love about Showtime is because they have a, a partnership with A24. So they have an extensive A24 library on Showtime. Um, but it's one of those things where if you happen to have cable or you know someone who has cable and they happen to have Showtime, then that's probably the best route to go with this. Uh, kind of to get a login for that and everything. Or just have it as an add-on to... You could add it on to your paramount to your um amazon prime account you know i think hulu you could also add it on to there as well so it's like one of those things that you could just easily add on to something you may already be subscribed to so definitely worth checking out uh, because they they do have a lot of decent shows there so so how do you want to do this do you want to start from the bottom and work our way up oh we gotta we gotta end on on first place for sure yeah keep that suspense going all right. So I think I think you and I were on the same boat here. I think Apple TV Plus is a D level, right? That's like the the bottom of the bottom. Um, it would be interesting to see if they ever work their way up eventually, but right now I I just can't see it, you know. So uh, so that's that. Uh, what would you think of Peacock? I'm putting Peacock above Paramount. For me, it goes lowest Apple. In Paramount, then Peacock. Mm -hmm. I put Peacock in the sixth spot because their movie library is good. And then you yeah. tell me they had baseball coming on. I didn't, I didn't realize that. At some point, <laughs> when they're the only ones with SNL, that's a huge, like, that's the main reason I've used Hulu over the right. years. Yeah. I think that that's where I put them above jumping over Peacock or jump, Peacock jumping over Paramount. Over Paramount. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, because in my opinion, I feel like Peacock and Paramount are. Any given week, they could exchange places, you know, just based off of what I watch or whatever the case is. So I would probably say that both Peacock and Paramount probably belong as a C tier. Like, I feel like that's they it is the cheaper options as far as like the monthly subscriptions. Right. So you can't really go wrong. And they do offer stuff for almost everyone within the household. You know, yeah, you have someone who's into sports if they happen to have that good if they have kids you have kids programming right you have your adult programming and the one thing that will like put either or over the top is that one has is the home of star trek and the other one is the home of the office and wrestling wwe right which are like huge fan bases so it could go either or really any any time for whatever the case is um interesting to think about your thoughts on prime video uh, so I have Prime actually ranked higher, mm -hmm. basically because of the free shipping thing that put them yeah. at the top with value. And then because they're, they do have a solid library and because I'm using them as a rental service for a lot of things that aren't anywhere else mm -hmm. or only available for rent and it's cheaper, that's why they're actually the three slot for me. I'm mm -hmm. guessing that's higher than you have them. I have them even above Disney+. Plus, So... Um, my next slot, going from from bottom to top, it would go mm -hmm. Hulu, and then Disney Plus, and then Prime. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't fight you if you switch those around because the question on value is like Amazon Prime's UI is so bad, and they're we're talking about rental. So if we're only doing streaming, and if we're not including getting uh, you know ten plain T-shirts shipped to you by Saturday at nine a.m., then I I wouldn't fight you if you wanted to rank. Amazon Prime lower than I have them. Only I I like a good film library so much 
Mm-hmm. That's like where I spent a lot of time in college at our, we had a, I would go to film class and then we'd go to our film library and just kill hours there. Yeah. I like the library and I'm willing to, to deal with all the other BS uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's associated with it. That said, if we're only going on quality of streamer, then I wouldn't fight you if you have them lower than I do. Yeah. Yeah. Prime is, is definitely hard for me because, um, I, I do appreciate their catalog. I do appreciate that it's connected to your Amazon account. Um, I Since I already pay for Prime in general, it's just included, right? It's, so I just happen to have it. If I, But if, like we kind of mentioned before, if I was to look at it strictly for a pay-for-video service, streaming service, whatever the case is, I can't justify prime video at all uh to pay whatever the eight dollars a month for right so yeah yeah, so i would probably include them along the same tier with peacock and paramount plus you know like like it kind of just like it's for me it just makes sense that they all kind of sit in the same boat um because unless there's something specifically that you really want to watch on there like um, miss mazel if you are like so hardcore for that show if you really want to watch the latest episodes of Jack Ryan, you know, like Amazon is your place to go, right? So um, I'm going to put them in C. Actually, I may even put Peacock and Paramount above it, you know, in, in a Ooh, B tier. No, 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 no I'm, just kidding. Right. I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, no way. Um, so Disney Plus and Hulu. Um I, I, I want to talk about them together because of the bundle, right? Um, if we, we talked about them separately, obviously Disney Plus is, like you said, more of a niche thing because if you are into the Disney shows, the movies, Pixar, if you're into Star Wars and you're into Marvel, then that is your go-to. And that's probably going to rank so high for a lot of people. However, it's not like you're getting new stuff all the time, right? And that's like the bad thing. Um, so, but when you add Hulu as part of the bundle, then, wow, there's a lot more value for you there, right? So I would almost consider them to be maybe a A-level tier because of that value if you have the two. Now, if you were to do it separately, I think Hulu definitely would rank lower than Disney Plus in my opinion. I don't disagree. That that bundle is is really sweet. And then and I know we're not including ESPN in here at all, but right. I use that one enough as a sports fan. Once we include that, that bundle is is a sweet deal. Yeah, yeah. So I would, yeah, I would. And again, I would be curious to hear what other people think, like what you guys think. If this would be something that you would consider a tier, but I would uh, consider it a tier there. So um, I think Blake is having some issues with his video. Um, so I'll just talk about Netflix. So Netflix is definitely, uh, again, they're the top, they, they've been in the business for so long. Um, they definitely have, uh, a huge robust library, you know, uh, to choose from, you know, you got movies, you have shows, you know, if you're into anime, you have stuff there. If you are into K-dramas, that's your go-to for a lot of people to go there for that. Um, a lot of really, really fun Netflix-exclusive programming. 
um, and documentaries. Like like I said before, like if you are into like the true crime documentaries, I can't see how you cannot have Netflix on a month to month basis. So, Blake, in your opinion, now that you're back, would Netflix for you be higher than a Disney Plus? Yes, only because their library is so expansive. I could kill mm-hmm. more time on there. I do enjoy a lot of what is on Disney Plus. I actually think it's a cleaner app. I know mm-hmm. I love Star Wars and Marvel more than almost anything on Netflix. Yeah. But as far as the ones where I could en- get the most out of it, I'm ranking Netflix higher than Disney Plus mm-hmm. only for that. The fact that yeah. Disney Plus has the things that they own or, uh, and that they are responsible for either acquiring uh, the rights to or creating, whereas Netflix has so much. There are plenty of things. They've been doing the Oscars race thing where there's plenty of movies of great directors that I've enjoyed there. Enjoyed in TV shows. They invented Netflix and chill and got to yeah. give them props for that. Um, I, I think of them as like the... Uh, my first binges were all on Netflix. They have so many things like that. I, it puts it over. So while if you went pound for pound, Disney Plus is stronger. It has the highest, the best content and the best UI and with a bundle, mm-hmm. best deal. But if I'm going with diff, a slightly different way of looking at it, then it would be who have I used the most and who am I likely to use the most next month? I'll stream a new Marvel or Star Wars show for sure. But other than that, you don't have as many things that I haven't seen before that Netflix yeah. will get me on a month. So I think value-wise, that's why I keep my Netflix subscription. And if I were mm-hmm. to let one pass, it would be Disney on its own terms, regardless of the bundle. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. So I feel like, again, if we're including Disney and Hulu as a bundle, as an A-tier... Um, separately, I think Hulu, if you were just to like pinpoint Hulu alone, that's more like a B tier, right? So I think Netflix should be on par with that bundle. So I would probably put Netflix as an A tier platform. Um, so, and, and I wouldn't argue at all with that. Um, but I think, I guess you and I are unanimous. HBO Max is probably currently the God tier right now. Number one, because of content, movies, shows you know you have your hbo library you have your warner brothers library library you have your dc you have all of their other partnerships with cartoon network studio ghibli uh tcm criterion stuff like like you have so much things there plus you get the new warner brother releases 45 days after their release in theaters i mean it's kind of hard to argue that am i right yeah the funny thing is, on um, there's different ways of looking at the pricing for all of these, and it might depend yeah. on what you're looking for, what else you want. But I think of HBO as the most expensive of them on that starting price, or at least among it. And they're still the best value, in my opinion, yeah. like not even close. They're the best UI. They and Disney Plus have that. It's basically selection and the reliability of that selection, where I say, I'll, I would, if I were to, we're only going off streaming, no bundles, no Amazon Prime throw in, whatever. And it was fifteen dollars for HBO and five, ten dollars for all the others. I'm sticking with HBO still. Mm-hmm. I get the most value and the highest quality for from that app for sure. 
Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and again, you know, it's, it's like, I want to hear, I, everyone's going to have a different list and we'll have a different ranking and all that because it, it, you know, looking at your face, you know, you, you're right. Over here. I, I mean, I think I figured out, look, I'm in this science lab, this evil layer. I think I know <laughs> what the best apps are. I've got a yeah. spreadsheet. Get out of here. Yeah, we, we've done extensive research and we calculated and crunched all the numbers. And this is the list right here. But, um, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, let us know what your thoughts are on our master tiering here. Like, Do you agree? Do you disagree? What What is on your list? What is your top five? What are your go-tos and all that? Always love hearing from you guys. But that's the episode. I mean, it's a, a little longer than we thought. But I, again, there's a lot to talk about here for sure. So as we close things out, Blake, where can people find you online? Go to Letterboxd at Blake Wolf SSN, like Blake Wolf's screen name, B-L-A-K-E-W-O-L-F-S-S-N. Uh, I got a couple extra followers since the last time we talked. Um, lo- love to see it. So find me there. Fight me in the comments. Sure. Nice. Right. Nice. Uh, um that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, follow Blake. I mean, again, it's it's great that we're getting his numbers up there and like every little bit helps. So um, as for myself and the channel, you can see all the proper tags on the screen, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, Loki Geek. Um, thank you for watching. Uh, if you are regulars here, if, again, if you're new and you're just coming across all this, do hit that like subscribe to the channel hit that notification bell so you can get notified every time a new episode is uploaded and if you want to listen to an audio form of this show or any other programs that we do here go to the low-key geek channel on your podcast platform of choice and you could find and download all the episodes there and don't forget leave a good rating let's get our numbers up there as well so for that i'm renee this was blake and we'll catch you all in the next one peace out everyone bye